That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. Your thoughts on whatever uh, you want to talk about. Um, my rant today over at HartmanReport.com. Colorado's the epicenter for this right now. But the Republicans have no interest in governing. Even when they do run the government, they don't run the government. The only two accomplishments that Donald Trump, legislative accomplishments that he had during his four years as president, the first bill that he signed allowed coal mining companies to dump their waste directly into rivers. So the children living downstream in those rivers in cities that get their water supply from the Mississippi and or even smaller rivers, people who live downstream from those rivers, their children will get poisoned with mercury and cadmium. And, and there's even uranium and, you know, I mean, radioactive materials in coal waste. That was his first piece of legislation. His second was a one and a half trillion. And it turns out it was a more than two trillion dollar, a more than two trillion dollar tax cut. Eighty three percent of which went to the top one percent of Americans and giant corporations. That's it. So when you have no commitment to actually helping improve the general welfare of the people of the country or or ensuring domestic tranquility or providing for the stuff that the preamble to the Constitution talks about, when you have no interest in doing that, you only have an interest in sucking up to big corporate donors and billionaires who want to have their taxes lowered and cutting taxes. When that's really the only commitment you have, what do you do? You distract You come up with phony culture wars. You get hysterical about things that don't cost billionaires a penny, so they don't mind if you get hysterical about them, whether it's abortion or whether it's defend the police or whatever it may be, you come up with so-called wedge issues and what they're doing right now in Colorado. And now we've got Representative Boebert, the congresswoman, Republican congresswoman who I think represents QAnon for that state coming out and saying, oh, yeah, you know, this is terrible. The the governor of the state signed a proclamation that Sunday this weekend, everybody should take a break from meat for the day, right? It would lower the cancer rates, the heart attack rates, the stroke rates, and the high blood pressure rates, the hypertension rates in the state. Even one day without meat helps. But no, no, let's turn this into a culture war. Let's get hysterical about it. You can't be macho. You can't be a man without eating meat, don't you know? Although... The thing that nobody's mentioning, probably I should have included it in my article, maybe I'll edit it after we get off the air, is the fact that if you eat a lot of cholesterol and your arteries harden up and get clogged up, you can't get erections anymore. You get erectile dysfunction. 
<laughs> that's one of the causes of ED. And that's from eating, you know, high saturated fat foods like meat. But, you know, it's the macho thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, that's, that's what they're up to is, is uh, you know, trying to do culture war stuff. And it's just, it's, it's so sad, frankly. It's just pathetic. I want to start out with asking this very simple question. Is the Republican Party a modern-day death cult and proud of it? They have a satanic logo. They openly celebrate racism and death. One of the things that brought this to mind was a, a post you know, this uh, neighborhood app that basically just gives you access to your local neighborhood. You can choose your town or your specific neighborhood. And there was one for our part of town, our part of Portland here, posted by a local woman named Terry. And the headline was, uh, Senior Homeless Man with No Pants. And last week, an elderly man came to my gate asking for $2. I did give him 5 bucks, and I talked to him a bit. Down below, she describes him as elderly, maybe 70 or 80s, bald on top and shoulder-length hair on sides, about 5'5", five, five, very skinny, very gentle and sweet. So, anyhow, she said, I did give him five bucks and talk to him a bit. I asked him to please be very careful at my gate as I have two very protective dogs and a son who's seven foot and overly protective. He had a bag of children's toys and said he found them. He wanted to give me them for the five dollars. Of course, I refused, but he left them anyway. It looked like it was someone's recycling. I talked to him. And I asked so very kindly about his nakedness on the bottom half of his body. He had his pants down to his ankles and was completely naked. I told him I was concerned about him walking around like that and asked him what the issue was with his pants. As he reached for the five bucks, I noticed both hands were fingerless and he could not grasp the money. This answered the question about his pants. When there are no digits, there's nothing to pull them up with. My heart sunk. He started crying, and so did I. I asked what had happened to his hands, and through the tears he said, frostbite. I ran inside to get him some pants that he maybe could pull up. No luck. He had left the toys and was gone just as quick as he was here. Please, if you see an elder man with his pants down, please help him out. He's homeless and severely disabled. And then she adds a little codicil at the end. She says, when you think your life sucks, and then this happens, it's a wake-up. So, what's the deal Ronald Reagan closed the mental hospitals, gutted resources for homeless people, and Republicans ever since Reagan have fought every single effort to provide housing to the homeless in absolute defiance of, of Jesus' words in Matthew 25, or food to the hungry, or medicine to the sick. A new study published in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine found that while the first cases of COVID appeared in blue states with Democratic governors, New York, New Jersey, Washington State, when you look at the COVID pandemic in the United States over the past year, what you find is that the death rates are hugely higher, particularly on a per capita basis in red states, in states with Republican governors which just kind of confirms common sense. I mean, when Republican governors defy simple common sense things like wearing masks or avoiding dense crowds or invite, you know, a half a million motorcyclists to their town and then that disease gets spread to 30, 40 other states. What possible conclusion can you draw other than that they're trying to thin out the herd? They're trying to kill off those expensive Social Security Medicare users or the state's less productive, disabled, diabetic, or obese people. I mean, what other possible explanation is there for what Christy Noem is doing and Greg Abbott is doing? 
I mean, it's as if the GOP has become a cult that celebrates death and destruction. And my question for you is, what am I missing on this list? I mean, if they're not a death call, why would George W. Bush and Dick Cheney lie us into two unnecessary wars? You'll recall after 9-11, Mullah Omar, who ran Afghanistan, offered to arrest bin Laden and turn him over to a third country for trial. The Washington Post, October 29, 2001, quote, Earlier this month, President Bush summarily rejected another Taliban offer to give up bin Laden to a neutral third country. Why? He wanted to kill a few hundred thousand Afghans, or Afghanis, I guess you call them. And even the U.N. was telling the world, remember we had our inspector there, Scott Ritter, Hans Blick, the official U.N. weapons inspector. They were running all over Iraq saying Saddam has no WMD. He hasn't had WMD in years. And beyond that, he's halfway through writing a three-novel trilogy romance novel based on Aladdin. I mean, that's what he was doing, right? But Bush and Cheney wanted a million dead Iraqis, and so after Daddy Bush had killed a half a million Iraqi children with his sanctions, why would they do that? Why would the CIA sanction, you know, why would the Republicans sanction, I mean, hell, even celebrate torturing innocent people to the point of death and then have the CIA destroy the evidence, the videotapes? They're a death cult. Why did Trump hide for months the fact that he and his wife got a COVID vaccine? Why did Republican members of Congress like Rand Paul and GOP-leaning media like Tucker Carlson openly push vaccine skepticism when the, the vaccine just keeps people from dying? They're a death cult. Why did the Trump administration let kids die in their custody and in their cages? NBC News reports at least seven children are known to have died in immigration custody last year after almost a decade in which no child died in the custody of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Death cult. Why would they spend an entire decade trying to take away Americans' health care? Most red states haven't even expanded Medicaid yet, but the feds will pay for it. Why do they cut food stamps and aid to pregnant women down to the bone? Why would Mitch McConnell and his buddies go to the mat to try to stop you from getting 1400 bucks? You know, going to families who are on the edge of homelessness, death cult. Every nine seconds in the United States, a woman is beaten by her domestic partner and three women die every day in America at the hands of their partners. But 172 Republicans voted no to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act. Twelve Republican members of the House of Representatives said we're not going to give a congressional gold medal to the Capitol Police after one of their members died at the hands of a Republican mob. It's a death cult. They promote racist slurs like Kung Flu. And then when white men harass and kill Asian women, the Republican, oh, it's an outlier. It's a death cult. I can't come up with another explanation. Can you? I mean, am I missing something here? Is there some, like, subtle... The subtle thing that the Republicans are really all about that isn't just a death cult? This is the Tom Hartman Program. Is it some third order subset of toxic masculinity or something? What's the deal here? I mean, this is just incredible. You had 172 Republicans who voted against the Violence Against Women Act. They voted against the COVID relief package. No food for the hungry. No homes for the homeless. Let's not even maintain police and fire departments. That was the Republicans' attitude. 100% of them. It's not like this is some weird Republican outlier. This is 100% of the Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives in the United States Senate voted no. 
No $300 unemployment checks. No $1,400 to get back on your feet after no, basically no money from the government for six months while Trump was in power. They all said no. No aid to public schools. Nothing. And then you'll recall two years ago, it's been two years since the Violence Against Women Act expired. Again, it needs to be renewed because it had to be passed as part of a reconciliation package because the Republicans threatened a filibuster in the Senate. So it's only good for 10 years. And so it has to be renewed. And two years ago was when it was supposed to be renewed. And and Donald Trump ran the White House and Republicans ran the House and Senate. And they said, nope, ain't going to happen. So it just passed on a 244 to 172 vote. Again, three women die as a result of domestic violence every day in America. Every nine seconds, a woman is beaten by her husband or boyfriend in America. 29 Republicans joined the Democrats. God bless them. It's probably about the same number as there are women in the Republican caucus, although I don't know. I don't have a list of who voted how and where, but 172 Republicans said, we don't need a law to protect women from violence. Really? Where does that kind of thinking come from? What kind of weird stuff is that? How do you even begin responding to something like that? On top of this, Republican Governor Bill Lee and Senator Marsha Blackburn, this is Tennessee, they're talking about the uh, American Rescue Plan. For purely partisan reasons, this bill rewards failing blue states with the tax dollars of red states whose jobless rates didn't spike as dramatically. Right. So WalletHub, you know, the the financial services company, they, they ran the numbers. And they say states run by Republicans are far more dependent upon the help of the federal government than their Democratic-run counterparts. In ranking the 50 states, the financial website listed 11 red states among the 12 most dependent upon Washington, D.C. 19 of the 25 of the most dependent states were Republican. Conversely, 12 of the 14 states least dependent on the federal government were run by Democrats. Talk about makers and takers, huh? Anyway, back to the rest of my rant about the Republican death cult, and then I'll pick up your phone calls. If I'm missing something, if I, if you think I'm wrong, call in and tell me. I, I love to talk to people who disagree with me. It's a remarkable study published in the peer-reviewed American Journal of Preventative Medicine. Per capita infection and death rates in the 26 GOP-led states were compared with the 25 Democratic-led jurisdictions, including Washington, D.C. Republican governor, I'm reading from the study. Republican governors were slower to adopt stay-at-home orders if they did so at all. Having a Democratic governor was the most important predictor of state mandates to wear face masks. Trump ignored the advice of the epidemiologist. The U.S. will, quote, soon be open for business, Trump said at the time. This was Easter time. This was last April. 
The study suggested that, quote, decisions by Republican governors in spring 2020 to retract policies such as the lifting of stay-at-home orders on April 28 in Georgia contributed to increased cases and deaths. Sarah Benjamin Nealon, a professor at Johns Hopkins and co-author of the paper, said, quote, that governor's party's affiliation may have contributed to a range of policy decisions that together influenced the spread of the virus. These studies underscore the need for state policy actions that are guided by public health considerations rather than partisan politics. Well, it raises the question, why would Republicans want more people to die of COVID? Death cult. Similarly, a study published in Nature... Well, this is another one. This was a study, the first one, published in Social Psychiatry and Psychiatric Epidemiology. It's a magazine, peer-reviewed scientific journal. Suicide rates are higher in Republican states, in American states, with Republicans in charge. Period, full stop. Suicide rates are higher in red states. So then you look at another study that was published in Nature, looking at nearly a century of suicide statistics in the UK and Australia, and they found, and I'm quoting, In total, there were 35,000 extra suicides under the conservatives, one for every day of the century or two for every day that the conservatives ran the country. Why? Why is it the suicides go up and when conservatives are in charge? It's a death cult. And their followers seem to have embraced this death cult meme as well, most visibly in their affection for Nazi and Confederate and satanic symbology. I mean, look at the T-shirt that we saw the guy wearing at the assault on the Capitol. Six million wasn't enough. Right. The Nazi flags, the Confederate flags, the open carry uh, with giant guns that brings to mind the psychological condition that's called compensation. But these guns have already been used to kill people in pro-Trump demonstrations. Even back when Freedom Works, this is the group that the Kochs kicked off to take on America's first black president, when they were rallying across the U.S. in April of last year in the, quote, open the economy rallies. It was hard to find a protest where there wasn't a swastika or an upside-down cross or an upside-down star or a Confederate flag. The Confederates, of course, were the people who committed treason against the United States to maintain their right to torture, rape, and kill enslaved people. And then they lost a war that they started with that treason. And then there's the Republican Party's new logo that was rolled out just in time for the Supreme Court to give the White House to George W. Bush. That has an odd history. Back in, uh, in June of 1998, John King abducted a, man by the, a black man by the name of James Byrd, who was hitchhiking in Jasper, Texas. He overpowered him, tied him to the back of his pickup truck, and dragged him for three miles. The pavement tore his body to shreds, killing Byrd. King dumped his lifeless body in front of an African-American church. At his trial, one of the things that was introduced into evidence was this giant upside-down satanic star in his armpit. The prosecutors pointed out he was a Satan worshiper, as well as a white supremacist. The Southern Poverty Law Center says the satanic star pentagram has been used in several race crime attacks on black churches and other places of worship. The pentagram is a symbol of the Nazi Satanist movement, which derived from European fascism in the 40s, with subgroups later forming in different parts of the world. These groups view themselves as the superior race. When Hitler's guards started wearing the death's head, the skull and crossbones on their collars, Germans knew what that meant. These are killers. Symbols carry meaning. 
we put a five-pointed right-side-up star. What is it, Da Vinci's man? You know, with his arms out and his legs out and his head up. That's the five-pointed star. That's what we put on our flag, but the Republicans flipped it upside down to turn it into the, into the satanic star. It's the logo of the satanic temple, for God's sake. Yes, I get it. The satanic temple is sort of tongue-in-cheek to prove the absurdity of some religions, but nonetheless, they're using actual satanic symbols. You can see the pictures and read the whole thing over at HartmanReport.com, but the, the question that comes to mind is... How else can you explain the behavior of these Republicans if it's not that the Republican Party has become a modern-day death cult? What other possible explanation is there? What am I missing here? You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Why is it that they don't even want low-income pregnant women to have food, for God's sake? It's a death cult. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity And what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, last night when Louise and I were kicking this around as a topic for our post over at HartmanReport.com, you know, my, my first question is, is this too far over the top? I mean, to literally say that an entire political party in the United States has become a death cult. Not just that they have some weird people who are sadists among them or something like that, but is this now like the core of this party? Over on Twitter, I, you know, I posted my piece this morning 
And one person, I'm I'm not going to call out their names, I don't know if they would want that to happen or not, but one person says, a logical conclusion of decades of deadly policy, the guarantors of pain cult, attracts sadists to its ranks. Misanthropic to the core, the army they have risen is deadlier than any enemy in our history. The body count tells no lies. This vehicle of evil serves one master, greed. So is greed what's behind the Republican death cult? Well, another person responds saying, could greed be the means to an end? The source of power over so many sadists can get what they really want? Pleasure from causing suffering? The problem is the addiction like this kills the addict. And then the person who posted that initial response to my post says, I've been torn between which is the ultimate end, greed versus sadism. It's a chicken or egg question. I'm leaning toward your hypothesis, though. Greed requires a level of sadism, but I'm not sure that sadism requires greed. Green sea is more like the vehicle. Thank you for your thoughts. Well, that's an interesting one. I honestly don't know the answer here, but I think that it's all of the above. Nancy in Elkhart, Indiana. Hey, Nancy, what's on your mind today? What do you think? I don't think people ask these Republicans to give a reason outright. We had, and this is this just has to do with giving a reason. We had a League of Women Voters Zoom meeting yesterday, and we had a state senator from Indiana who we were speaking with, and we felt like we were being too nice to her. Finally, one of our members just simply said, can you tell us just one thing, just something simple, like why don't you approve of mail-in voting? Nothing to do with cult. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. she said, and I'm telling you the truth, the answer that she gave was, well, the standing in the long lines, you know what? We don't get to see our people and mingle with them as a family. You're kidding. You know, we all just were very silent for a minute, and we said, you mean all that terrible thing about those people standing in those long lines, and they're waiting and waiting and getting, you know, just really hurting themselves? And, you know, her answer just was a, a simple, stupid answer. And now this, think about this is teach us, This is to teach us to be more sociable? Terrible things. They don't give answers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how, because, you know, I don't think she like, wants to say, well, we're a death cult. Yes, but I mean for anything, but I don't think, you know, anymore, nobody gets to talk to these people. And remember in the old days when they had good old debates. Yeah. But I don't think anybody asks these people. I mean, we don't get a chance to. We yeah. don't meet yeah, with you're people. Right. And the, you know, so that's basically my thought is, you know, if somebody could actually go up or if we could just meet with these people in federal, we don't have anybody right. saying, okay, now you tell me. And, you know, we just don't have it. And even the Democrats don't have a chance to sit there and go back and forth. They look like exactly what you said. But if somebody made yeah. them give a reason why they're voting. So I think you, I know, would I love think you to got ask, it right on the head. I would love to ask Christy Nome, you know, the governor of, I think it's South Dakota. I mix up the Dakotas, my apologies. But I would like to ask her, why is it that you invited six, 700,000 motorcyclists to your state in the middle of the worst pandemic in 100 years knowing that they would then not only spread the disease throughout your own state and kill thousands of your own citizens, but then take that out. We've identified now 36 or 37 states, I think, that have had significant outbreaks leading to deaths as a consequence of that one motorcycle rally. Why would you do that if your goal wasn't just to kill people? Do you think they have answers? 
I don't think they can answer the question beyond, yeah, we wanted to kill people. And then the question becomes, well, why do you want to kill people? Well, because Donald Trump told us to. Well, we know Donald Trump is a sadist. He revels in death and, and destruction. But it's like my dad used to say, you know, when I'd say, well, you know, everybody's doing it. And he'd say, well, if everybody was going off the cliff like a lemming, would you? And Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, exactly. I think what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you, Nancy. I got to move along. Thank you for the call. John in Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, John, what's up? It is all about greed. Everything with the Republican Party comes down to one thing, money for the few. Now, this COVID-19 that's just been released, I think I spoke this to you about last week, that Republican governors from these states that you listed as the poorest wants to use, wants to sue Janet Yellen so they can give tax breaks to the wealthy corporations in their state. They don't care about the people in their state that are suffering. They never have cared about the poor people in their state that are suffering. And this is why I'm saying this ties in with, the, like I said, the 12 poor red states. I want the Congress needs to be drilling this home with special orders speeches, with the congressional oversight on this, because all they want to do, all they want to do, they do not care. I mean, this should be the Democrat mantra for a commercial for Republicans in their states saying Republican Party, they just don't give a damn about you and just leave it mm-hmm. at that and drill it home. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's the case. I mean, the 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 American Rescue Plan has uh, I think it's three hundred billion dollars. It's going to the states, localities and counties. And the one caveat, the one string that is attached to that is that state officials may not use that money for tax breaks for rich people and big corporations. They have to actually spend that money on improving their fire departments, their public schools, their police departments, their roads, catching up on the stuff that's been neglected for the last year. And you've got, my recollection is it was 19 Republican state attorneys general, it might be more than that now, who are suing and threatening to take this to the Supreme Court, saying, you can't limit how we spend that money. We want to give it to rich people instead of using it to help people in our states. And damn it, that's wrong. That's unconstitutional. You're absolutely right, John, and it's insane. Thank you very much for that. Zach at North Hollywood, California. Hey, Zach, your thoughts? Morning, Tom. You're right. It is a death cult. Ever since the white Europeans came to these shores 400 years ago, They've gotten everything they've gained by killing. To a large extent, Uh, that's true. Killing equals riches. There's a direct connection. Killing equals riches. And there's this unspoken meme floating around in the back of all their heads that the more people they kill, the less people coming after the riches. Yeah, it may be, you know, or it could just be that, as the person on Twitter suggested, it's just good old fashioned greed. If rich Republicans don't want their taxes to go up, that means that they've got to make sure the tax money is not used to help homeless people or not used for health care services or not used to make sure that the fire department has the latest equipment. You know, a lot of wealthy communities in the United States have their own fire departments. It could be that, too. We've come a long way, but it's still slavery light. I get it. Zach, thank you for that. Brad in Prattville, Alabama. Hey, Brad, what's up? So one of the things that I think, you know, the GOP cannot just come out and say that, hey, we want more money for rich people. We want to install a fascist state. They have to grab people in. And like you said before, they grabbed the evangelical vote in 40-some-odd years ago. 
a lot of evangelicals have this belief that in the end times there's going to be massive war, there's going to be rumors of war, plague, famine, so on. And I almost feel like it's they're trying to have a self-fulfilled prophecy. Oh, wow. Um, and that's where they're going with this. And I don't really, I think to an extent we have to separate the GOP politicians from the GOP voters. Because I don't think most of these people, especially public figures who claim to be Christians, you know, we find out what they do. It may be later on, but we find out that they're they're not really. And like you said, they're not following the teachings of Jesus. They're not they're not feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. And you know, it's just hypocrisy. That's Healing the sick. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you, Brad. I'm with you. I guess that's kind of what it's coming down to. Is are they sadists? Do they just revel in death and pain? Do they like seeing you know single mothers unable to feed their children, or are they just greedy? They just don't want to pay the taxes to cover it. Brad, thank you. Listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Or to Brad's point, do they think that they'll bring Jesus back if they make things terrible enough, if they can have floods and famines and plagues? Stephanie in Bakersfield, California. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for listening to KPFK. What's up? Symbols, particularly when you were talking about the upside-down pentagram. I'm calling you because I've been interested and studied all my life metaphysics, druids. I belong to a druid order and pagans and all of that. I looked into all of that. And I'm upset because both the Southern Poverty Law Center and your good self I believe, are slightly giving some misinformation. You're partly right. The people who, unfortunately, follow satanic things have made use of that upside-down pentagram. But pagans and metaphysicians all over the world use that and other symbols as part of a very long tradition, and that's not all they mean. Just regarding that symbol, normally when people that are good people that are using these techniques, the right side up one is about evoking, and the upside down one is about banishing or dispersing. So it's very wrong to assume that someone who is using those symbols or perhaps even wearing them is a worshiper of Satan. I just couldn't leave that unsaid. There's more to the picture than meets the eye. And I'm also going to contact the Southern Poverty Law Center and contribute that information to them for whatever they feel it's worth. Stephanie, I completely agree with you. And this is widely known, by the way. Um, in fact, if you look at the pentagram uh, page on Wikipedia, and there's references to this uh, at the Southern Poverty Law Center's website as well, that, that the, you know there are people who use this for reasonable purposes. But the question I would put to you is, do you really believe that the senior leadership of the Republican Party put an upside-down star on their logo because they're Wiccans? Absolutely not. I absolutely agree with you about the death cult stuff. Thank you for saying it so much and so much of it today. And please keep doing it because I absolutely am with you on that. It's just that I want to speak up for the use of symbols and not rush too quickly 
into making assumptions. I think people need to be very oh, careful. I'm, 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 I'm completely with you on questions. that. The Nazi uh, cross, or whatever you want to call that, the Nazi logo, the swastika, is actually an exactly. ancient Buddhist symbol. You know, that has a very positive meaning to Buddhists, and, and you and see Hindus, it on old temples. And and, Hindus, and, yeah, and Hindus and, as well. Yeah, and, and Buddhism came out of Hinduism, and you yeah. see this on old temples in in uh, Cambodia. I've seen it in Cambodia and in Thailand on old temples. But that doesn't mean that if one of the Proud Boys walking down the street is wearing a swastika, that he's a Buddhist. (laughs) That's not why he made that choice. Absolutely. And I'm just concerned that some innocent pagan is going to be walking down the street and be tarred with the same brush as a Proud Boy. Well, I'm guessing that won't be their only symbol, but uh, I, I, I understand your concern, Stephanie, and, I, and I'm not being dismissive of it at all. But again, my question is, why did the Republican Party, why did these straight white Christian Republican men choose this? And in my mind, there's only one answer. Stephanie, thank you for the call. John in Los Angeles. Hey, John, what's up? So about the killings in Atlanta, there's a real mm-hmm. possibility that uh, this may not be racism, but it may be that some, this person is in, lives a life of religious terror and fear, and he's afraid of spending eternity in the lake of, of fire and hell for his, for his impure thoughts. So all he has to do, if he goes down the street, he sees those massage powers, he starts fantasizing about that in his mind, and that to his mind is a guarantee of life in hell in the lake of fire. So the only way to stop that is to, to rub them out, to get rid of those triggers to his imagination, to his fantasies of uh, orgies going on behind the yeah. scenes. On no, I get, I get it, John, and we, and we talked about this yesterday, and I don't want to do a deep dive on it again. And one of the things that I only mentioned briefly yesterday, and I think really needs to be highlighted, is that this situation, you know, he's, he's asserting that it was sex, not race. But I think it's both. And I think that the fetishizing of Asian women by white men as sexual objects, subservient, perfect wife kind of, you know, in their bizarre mind, it plays into all this. The violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders over the last few years, particularly the last year since Donald Trump started his war on Asian Americans with his Kung flu stuff and all this stuff, I think it's all part of it. And I think it's part of the Republican death cult, frankly. You know, he's just encouraging death. Ray in Toronto, Canada. Hey, Ray, what's up? I'll preface with what I'm going to say with I make the assumption that every human on the planet has a soul. I think there's a couple types of different souls. I think you have mature souls, and I think you have immature souls. Immature souls, think of them like children. And I think a lot of immature souls end up in positions that they want to be in positions of power. They're not really interested in helping others. You and I know a lot of people who are just good people. They want to help you. They want to do whatever they can for you. From what I've seen in the government, it's lacking. I mean, you're right. The United States is the only country in all of the countries that are industrialized that don't have public medicine. The government just doesn't want to help people, and I think that's because of the Republican Party. I have good news, though. I think 
some mature souls have snuck into the Democrats. Biden, for example, I think he really wants to help people. Mm-hmm. You compare Biden with Trump, and it's just night and day. Yeah, and yeah, it truly that's is. My theories, that's my theory as to why the United States doesn't have a monopoly on immature souls. They're all over the world. If yeah. I owned a company and worth two hundred and was personally worth two hundred billion dollars, every one of my employees would be a millionaire because I don't need that much money. Yeah, and Jeff Bezos is fighting the unions. He's, he's 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 absolutely fighting the unions. Ray, I need to move along, but thank you. Your point was very very well made. Steve in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey, Steve, what's up? Steve. Oh, Steve. I'm sorry. Thanks. That's okay. I was actually calling. If we all, as Democrats, most of us, decide we all going to get a vaccination shot, COVID vaccination shot, most of the Republicans don't because most of the people at my job are Republicans and none of them want to get the shot. Would that help us in the long run? So if they continue, they don't want the shot, they continue to get COVID, we won't, right? Yeah. The, keep in mind, only about half of people who get COVID show any symptoms at all. Only about four or five percent of people who get COVID get really sick. But continue. Yeah, I just wanted to know because I just feel like most of them are like, no, I'm not getting a COVID shot. That's crazy. And I already got the first shot. I'm working on the second shot. And I'm still yeah. worried. Like, am I going to get COVID from them or can they pass it on to me if yeah. they don't get the shot? There is this meme going around, you know, the ultimate answer to the uh, Republican opposition to masks and vaccines is, and then there's this picture of Charles Darwin. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you get weeded out of the gene pool. Uh, so it may well be, Steve, it, it may well be. Thank you very much for the call. James in Salidas, California. Hey, James. Hey, Tom. Hey, uh, I was thinking that uh, one of the reasons that the Republican governors are trying to spread this virus is they're using it as a form of voter suppression because they know that people of color will uh, become infected and die at higher rates than their white counterparts. You know, I I think there might have been that thinking to it. And, and, you know, I wrote an op-ed about this and, and ranted about this at some length on this program some months ago that April 7th, as I recall, yeah, April 7th was the day that all the newspapers reported this massive study showing that black people were more likely to die of COVID than white people in the United States. So this is the result of, you know, 400 years of racism and, and, and slavery and everything else and, and lack of access to health care and lack of access to wealth and lack of access to, you know, all kinds of stuff, plus being frontline workers more frequently. But that was the point. That week, the following week after April 7th, was the week that all of a sudden Freedom Works starts their, you know, reopen America campaign. Rush Limbaugh starts saying, oh, this is no big deal after being very concerned about it. Donald Trump starts saying, you know, like a miracle is just going to go away. We need to reopen the country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that at that point in time, they thought that not necessarily some genocidal, let's kill as many as we can, but certainly the blue state governors will take the blame for it. And it's mostly black people who are dying. So what the hell? I believe that, James. And and like I said, I've said it several times. So, you know, that's my take. That's where I stand. Thank you. Jeremiah in Coalport, Pennsylvania. Hey, Jeremiah, what's on your mind today? If you remember during the 2020 campaign, there was these pro-Trump commercials where someone was calling in 911 and getting busy signals and they're talking and sorry, we don't have the funds, you know, 
Yeah, um, the, the police got defunded. Yeah, I got it. Right, 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 right. I propose um, some Democratic group make a commercial where you see a long line of people in line to vote, and someone comes up to one of the people in the line, gives them some water, maybe a pizza, and you know, they chit-chat about how, well, they have to stay in a long line because their polling places were closed. And then a police officer comes and arrests a person giving the food and the water. And I right. think that all the people in line should be white people, and we just give the impression that the Republicans are going to do this all across America, which they probably want to do, at least, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, they won't do it in the white suburbs, but you're absolutely, you know, you're. I think it's a brilliant idea, Jeremiah. I doubt the Ad Council would do it, but, you know, that would be a great suggestion for a progressive group. Jessica, watching Free Speech TV in Chicago. Hey, Jessica, what's on your mind today? I'm really fearful about the insurrectionists, that they won't get justice. Mm. Most of them are being bonded out by the wealthy Republicans already. And there's a site, it's like a GoFundMe site, and it's called givesendgo.com by a Christian family. The brother started it up with his two sisters, and they're bonding out all the Proud Boys. And the wealthy Republicans that fund the site, he encrypts who funds the site, so nobody knows who the money's coming from. And then there was this Republican judge on the East Coast that his son was an insurrectionist. He got him out of there immediately, and he's on home arrest. So if we can't get justice on these insurrectionists, I don't know how we're going to go up the chain to the congressmen and the senators involved, too. This is going to require essentially a cultural change, Jessica, and and you've identified a, a massive issue here. This began with Ronald Reagan when he was inaugurated on January 20th, 1981, and he gave his inaugural speech and he said, government is not the solution to your problem. Government, in fact, is the problem. And from that point to this, it has become very fashionable to trash government, to diss government, to challenge government, to say we have to have weapons in case government gets tyrannical, etc. That kind of ahistoric thinking has been bought into by the majority of the Republican Party and even many independents and, and some Democrats for that matter. The idea that challenging your democracy, even at the point of a gun, is a, an acceptable thing. And I think that we're seeing this echoed in our court system and with these people that you're talking about. As far as I can tell, the, the thing that we need to do is be changing our culture. We need to start saying, no, we are our government. That is the idea of democracy. Ronald Reagan was absolutely wrong. Good to hear from you. John in Langley, Washington. Hey, John, what's on your mind? I partly disagree with you. Yes, I believe the Republican Party is a death cult, but they are just the extreme of the death cult. And Professor Wolf actually made my point for me. Biden went $200 million for new nuclear weapons. My own representative, Rick Larson, passed a bill a while back to make sure that we couldn't take our troops out of South Korea. Um, Human nature is basically at war with itself Uh, has been forever and we at times when we have cornered cornered animals like the Republican Party they just put it out in spades they just show it it just comes out and then people focus on them and it takes the focus away from things like not taking care of our own people the the genocides we've perpetrated on the blacks the browns 
the Indians. And the United States is essentially the biggest death cult right now because we were the strongest nation. We became the top of the heap. We were the ones that could exert our will on all the other people of the world. So the United States is the true death cult, and the rest of the world knows it. And that's exactly what Professor Wolf told us. And it's sad. I can't, yeah, but it's human I can't, nature. I can't entirely disagree with that, John. I think that there are comparisons to be made, but yeah, your point is well made. Thank you. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I mentioned the Republican agenda to-do list. This is a, a meme that's popping up all over the Internet. I'm assuming it probably started over on Facebook, given the aspect ratio of it, how it's, how it's physically organized. And so I don't know who to attribute it to, but I've seen it now four or five times in different places. Up at the top, it says Republican agenda to-do list, and it's got the Republican logo with the upside-down stars, the satanic stars that they, they replaced the American star with in 2000 when George W. Bush was running for president and is still the logo of the Republican Party, an upside-down five-pointed star. Look it up. This is the classic Satan worshiper logo. But, you know, on the elephant, these three stars on the elephant. It's the official Republican logo. And then below that, it says these four categories. Keep them poor, keep them sick, keep them stupid, control the women. And then under each one of those categories, there are subcategories. Under keep them poor, no minimum wage, break the unions, cut welfare programs, cut Social Security, deregulate, gut Dodd-Frank Act. Under keep them sick, cut food aid, repeal Obamacare, cut disability benefits, privatize veterans' health care, cut HIV prevention funding. Under the keep them stupid... Deny science, revise history, categorize, demonize, and terrify, cut preschool programs, cut higher education, cut sex education, and say no to net neutrality. And then under control the women, vote no on equal pay, cut wages for tipped workers, no to affordable child care, um, pro-life equals no abortion, no exceptions, close down Planned Parenthood, which by the way, Texas did yesterday. No longer will they allow Medicare money to be spent 
on Planned Parenthood or Medicaid money, I guess it is, in the state of Texas, um, which means that the tens of thousands, hundreds of probably millions of low income women who have used Planned Parenthood for things that have nothing to do with abortion, for female health, female reproductive health, are no longer going to be able to get that paid for with federal funds via the state. Personhood amendments, feticide laws, criminalized miscarriages, doctor-mandated reporting of miscarriages. That was Mike Pence's big thing. Mandatory transvaginal ultrasounds, rollback maternity coverage, omit protections in the Violence Against Women Act, blame single moms for poverty, for welfare fraud, for breeding criminals, and destroying the fabric of America. And in fact, as an example of that, you've got Wisconsin Republican Glenn Grothman on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives got up and said, I bring this up. He was trash-talking the the COVID relief bill. And he said, I bring this up because I know the strength the Black Lives Matter had in this last election. I know it's a group that doesn't like the old-fashioned family. And Stacey, uh, Representative Stacey Plaskett, who uh, represents the Virgin Islands and was one of the impeachment managers, by the way, she was having none of it. She got up and she said, how dare you? How dare you say that black lives matter, that black people do not understand old-fashioned families, despite some of the issues, some of the things that you put forward that I've heard out of your own mouth on the oversight committee in your own district, she said. She said, we have been able to keep our families alive for over 400 years, and the assault on our families to not have black lives or not even have black families How dare you say that we are not interested in families in the black community? That is outrageous. That should be stricken down. In other words, removed from the record because it's so patently offensive. And the video of her saying that has just totally gone viral. It's all over Twitter and Facebook and things like that. So, anyhow, to your calls. Uh, Cancel Culture, John in Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, John, thanks for listening to SiriusXM. What's up? I'm doing a follow-up on our last conversation. You like my idea about these red states constantly, you know, talking about how bad the blue uh, uh, cities, you know, or states are run. And I said these states always give these tax cuts to the businesses and then take in the extra dollars from the federal government to try to shore up or pocket some of the money. Well, today on C-SPAN, and this is in part of the uh, stimulus bill that's been passed, that these states cannot use any of this money, those who accept it, to give tax breaks. That made me smile because that made me feel like somebody was listening to us. I missed that, John. That's really good news. You can't take our federal money and use it to give tax breaks to the billionaires in your state. That's great. Exactly. And... I told your call screener if she can pull it up on C-SPAN, the gentleman, congressman, was from Plano, Texas. And mm-hmm. he was the one that brought it to my attention. I couldn't believe it. They're so hung up because they were planning to give tax cuts with that money. With right. that money. So here's my next proposal, because somebody heard us. The Democrats need to write up their own tax bill, and like Paul Ryan did. And they need to put that provision for any money that is allocated, especially to these poor red states who take in more than they give out. You cannot use this money to give tax relief to businesses. 
I do agree. And if you're going to give tax relief to businesses, and, and, and particularly small businesses, frankly, I think right now probably could use any help they can get, even if it's in the form of a temporary tax cut. It shouldn't come at the expense of federal COVID bailout money, basically, relief money. This is... This is the equivalent of, you know, coming in and helping a city rebuild after a natural disaster, you know, helping rebuild New Orleans kind of thing. That money should not be used for tax breaks for, for giant corporations. I am totally with you. Thank you for that. Pauline in Los Angeles. Hey, Pauline, thanks for listening to KPFK. What's up? Liz Cheney, Kegler, is that his name? And then Toomey, and basically, and biggest of all, Pence. So any Republican that criticizes or votes in any way against Trump, they get censured, they get, you know, tried to attempt to be recalled, and then Pence, you know, they tried to kill him. So to me, that's the biggest. And then all Democrats for the last 40 years plus, you know. So what you're saying is that even within the Republican Party, this cancel culture goes to Republicans who don't fall into line, like Liz Cheney, they're trying to cancel her. That is brilliant. That is, Pauline, yeah. that yeah, is I think you culture. nailed it. You yeah. bet. You bet. Thank you very much. That's a good one. Thank you, Pauline. William in Chicago. Hey, William. You know, the last few weeks, the general public, we're starting to learn some of the stupid, archaic rules that the Senate has just to get anything passed. You mean but, like using the filibuster to cancel legislation? Well, that's the main one. But there's a lot of other silly ones, too, we're starting to learn, like Ron Johnson making people read the bill. Like, why, why couldn't Chuck Schumer tell Ron Johnson, here's the bill, knock yourself out, you read it. And if you don't, you know, we're not getting your vote anyway, so you read the thing. Yeah. But anyway, well, Marjorie Taylor Greene did the same vote. thing yesterday in the House of Representatives. She demanded that there be a vote on um, whether to adjourn the House at that particular moment. And she's done this three or four times now. And the House rules say that if any member calls for adjournment, there has to be a vote. And so that just shut everything down for a half hour or an hour so that there could be a vote on whether to adjourn the House. Um, actually, it, it didn't take quite that long. I think they got it done in about 20 minutes. But, but uh, Nancy Pelosi yeah, is talking about amending the Senate rules to get rid of that. Um, or the yeah. House rules, excuse me. But the filibuster is part of the Senate rules. Did you have a specific question about the filibuster, William? Yes, is that, I did. Is that... um, you yourself, I think you need to do a better job of explaining how the Republicans can succeed. Say they do talk and they have the 41 minority senators sitting there. How long do they have to talk? And how long do the 41 people, senators, have to sit there? And then, you know, is it an hour? Is it 24 hours? And then... You're talking about my proposal as opposed to what is right now? Like, what if they succeed? You know, what do they have to... What's the minimum requirement for them to succeed? I don't think there should be a minimum requirement, uh, William. First of all, right now... If, if uh, you know, Rick Scott wants to filibuster a piece of legislation, all he has to do is send an email to Chuck Schumer saying, I object. That's it. And, right, then, and then all of a sudden, Chuck Schumer has to get 60 people, uh, you know, to come out and overcome Rick Scott's objection. That's how it works right now. What I'm suggesting is that, the, the, the you know, if we're doing the 60-40 thing, that's fine. Let's have a requirement that 40 objectors stay on the floor and one of them be speaking continuously. And when they no longer are speaking, then the vote happens. And the reason why I don't think you need a time limit on that, which is what I think you're asking for, is that as that filibuster, as that talking filibuster progresses, one of two things is going to happen. Either, and it's going to be a Mr. Smith goes to Washington moment either way, 
either the American people are going to start watching and paying attention to this, particularly after they've shut the Senate down for six, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, two days, you know, because this filibuster will prevent any other business from happening. So either the American people are going to get so unhappy about that filibuster that they're going to start yelling at those senators and the senators will say, okay, okay, we give, have your vote. Or the American people are going to say, yeah, we like this. And the majority is going to get on board, which is where Democrats could use that filibuster to their advantage in the future. Chaz in Lakewood, Washington. Hey, Chaz, thanks. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. What's up? Hola, amigo. It's another great day to be a citizen of the world again, is it not? I think. It seems <laughs> we are. We are. Trust me. I, I just got a re- I just got a report. But I wanted to talk about how the right is always accusing the left of a cancel culture. And I'm going to give you maybe a half a dozen examples. Take maybe about 30 seconds where the right okay. is clearly trying to change, for instance, the Constitution, like the Emoluments Clause. Did we try to change that? Cons want to kill the post office mandated in the Constitution, Article one. Trump repeatedly That's attacked the media for doing its job, a First Amendment right. The meaning of the Second Amendment was quite clear until 1980. The Third Amendment, Trump quartered soldiers in TV hotels and made the hotel pay. Fourth Amendment, the FBI can now see your browser history without a warrant. Tenth Amendment, Trump wanted to countermand governor's lockdowns. Thirteenth Amendment, the GOP wanted to privatize slavery, like in New Hampshire. And Trump wanted to abolish the Fourteenth Amendment, giving birthright to those born in America. For crying out loud, when cons accuse progressives of cancel culture, point them to hashtag projectile conservatism. Yeah, hashtag projectile conservatism. I like it. And, uh, you know, I think that that is probably a fairly reasonable description of it. Chaz, thank you. That that was a good one. I I appreciate that. Charles in uh, Portland, Oregon. Hey, Charles, thanks for listening to X-Ray FM. What's up? Probably one of the reasons that the right has failed or the cyclists coming in is they're building on a bad assumption. You were talking about Hobbes and Locke and Rousseau and how they assume that there's good people or evil people inherently. Right. I want to propose that people are inherently self-interested. That kind of sets aside the the discussion of good or evil, but because self-interest is, I mean, for example, if you see your child in trouble, you want to help your child, but that's instinctual. I mean, that that is not just helping your child. That's also helping yourself. Yeah, and it's a broader sense of self-interest. I mean, an infant is self-interested. They're only caring about their food and basic needs and not even conceptualizing those. But then as they grow, they begin to to broaden that self-interest and understand how their self-interest is tied up with others. And if we as the left assume people are good as opposed to being evil, then we're going to build a system that has the inherent fault built into it just as right. I totally get it. And I think that that's how Biden is selling it, is this is going to be good for all of us. been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.